All right. Welcome to the Rise Up Podcast. I am your host, Jonah Mitchell. And on this show, I do my best to help simplify everything that goes into the weight loss process by allowing you to get out of your own way, rise up to your potential, and find where fitness and nutrition fits into your life so that it doesn't revolve around it, right? Because a huge, huge problem people face is that they think that they have to dedicate 100% of their time in order to see the results that they think they should. Um, And this makes it a lot harder than it needs to be we unknowingly uh make we unknowingly get in our own way we unknowingly uh self-sabotage and you know i'm going to do my best so i i I always do my best to make it easier for you to show up for you and get to where you want to be um like I think I said on the last episode, I always change up the <laughs> the wording of the intro, but it's all the same gist. So if this is the first time listening, I appreciate the hell out of you. If you've been a long-time listener, uh, a current client or a former client, I appreciate the absolute hell out of you. And thank you so much for being here. Um, and I, I only ask <clears throat> if you learn something, if I help shift your perspective, if I have made this a little bit easier for you to, to show up and get the results that you're looking for, I would greatly appreciate you just share it with at least one person. Or if you share it on social media and you tag me, I love that. I love seeing um, the impact that I get to have um, um, on your life, even in some small way. And if you can't, um, uh, if you don't follow me on social media, all those are linked in the show notes below, but Jonah Mitchell underscore fitness, uh, fit new or Jonah Mitchell fit underscore nutrition on Instagram, Joe Mitchell Fitness on TikTok is where I'm all active. And then my Facebook group that I uh, I am in with the Transformation Project is in there um, as well. So all that said and done, let's talk about self-control. Man, self-control. Why do Why is self-control such a big topic? Um I guess it's not talked enough about, right? At least in the context of of what's actually helpful for most people. And and as I do the best, I've had to learn a lot of these lessons myself, and I, I teach them to my people, my clients, um, so that they can understand how to really what having control actually means for them, right? Because self control is not willpower to say to always say no, to completely abstain from the uh, the specific trouble or trigger food that is in front of us that we have a hard time um, stopping eating. You know, um, you know, this is you know, I might talk about a little bit about disordered eating today, but that's a kind of a different can of worms. But this can definitely help. Um, it will not. It will not always re- revert back to say, yeah, I'm going to help cure your ED. Um, it's more just along the lines of again, help help pay attention to the behavior and hopefully help minimize um, if you do struggle with that. But this is for you know um, those of us who you know open a bag of chips or some candy and it's just really hard to to stop or it's really hard to say no in those environments um, and uh, when we're when we're surrounded by these things, right? Um, so it's not more. It's not just about willpower or motivation and and just saying just saying no because it's bad, right? Uh, no food is inherently bad. I want to make that abundantly clear. And if you're new to here, if you're new here. Um, you can eat whatever you want, lose weight. <laughs> um, and there's no inherently bad foods. It's just the frequency. It's the ratio that they're in that may just be misaligned with our goals. And they still have a place in our diet. If we want them in our diet, they just have to fit. Uh, we just have to adjust. We have to pivot, um, and find a different, uh, placeholder than the state that they currently are. And when it comes to self-control, um, I'm going to start with a story. Well, my story really of how I've struggled with my ability to stop eating candy or sugar. Um, and 
really, I'm going to go over the the four big pieces that are going to help you establish control in the story without necessarily highlighting each of them. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll dissect and break down um, afterwards as I go. But really, you know, I struggled with having a hard time with uh, candy. Um, God, for as long as I can remember. Um, but I also, when I'm looking back and remembering, when I was in some of my toughest times as a kid, I always had some sort of candy around me, some sort of sweet around me that would help mitigate, I thought, the situation that I was experiencing. And, you know, I've, 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 we've all come from a story. We've all had tough households, whatever your story is, not comparing anything. But uh, in the abusive household I was in, I didn't control very much. Um, I did find some sort of control in the craziness in food, in candy. And unknowingly, I had developed a relationship with candy that would tell my very child, still early developing brain, that, hey, if you're experiencing discomfort, pain, or just anxiety or stress, find something sweet. It'll help make you feel better. Help make you feel better. Um and I did. I practiced that over and over and over again. And it became so automatic. I quite literally got known for walking around with a bag of Reese's. Um, and, and and as I grew up, as I went to college, I had a, a little sneaky bin underneath my bed that had all of my candy hidden uh, hidden away. And um, I, anytime I was playing video games, I'd get stressed out. If I was in class, I'd get stressed out. If I was uh, coming home from football practice, I'd immediately grab the, the sweetest thing that I possibly could and have this crazy sweet tooth because all... I ever learned was correlate stress to candy, eat my feeling, eat my feeling. Again, I was not aware of this <laughs> until like the last couple, the last few years where I had to look inward to find a lot of these less, uh, find these lessons. Um, and it, it took me a long time to actually sit down and, and be aware of where this actually come from. Right. And then understand why. I would do those things, right? I wasn't aware that I used candy and sweets for all those scenarios and my emotions, right? But when I started to catch it and be like, oh, this is this is part of the pattern, and I started and I started realize, oh, I learned this from somewhere, right? This wasn't given to me. I wasn't inherently born with a sweet tooth. I learned to have a sweet tooth based off of my environment, based off of how I grew up, based off of my very childlike brain who couldn't conceptualize what was happening around him. That's all I learned. That's all I learned to understand. It was super frustrating um, when I struggled with losing weight myself when candy was always the first thing I would gravitate back to, right? It was always the pitfall. If I was trying to lose weight, I, I would have like a Reese's just immediately, immediately go down that rabbit hole of eating the whole bag instead of having just a couple, right? And that lack of control was always getting in the way of me over consuming my calories and making it harder for me to lose weight, right? And as I was practicing, you know, I had to go super strict for a while. Well, I didn't have to. I wanted to because I wanted to get in shape for my wedding. It was super difficult um, to constantly just fight in my head over and over, just have more willpower to just say no, just say no, just say no. And, you know, it just ruined my relationship with that with that food. If, if And we're, as humans, we're inherently lazy and we're inherently stubborn <laughs> because our brain likes to conserve energy and we hate taking orders from people. Some of us. Uh, but if we're told no, uh, most of us, if we're told no over and over and over again, uh, a lot of times we want to do the exact opposite of what we're told no to. Just like if you have kids, if you tell that child, no, don't touch the cookie, all they're going to be thinking about is I can't have the cookie, so I want the cookie, right? And then this is the relationship I was developing with with candy. It's like I can't have it and I can't have it. So all I think about is candy. All I think about is candy. And once that, once you break the seal, 
well, it's all it's all all hell breaks loose, right? So even when I did get to the point where I wanted to be physically, I wasn't living a life where I was actually happy. Now I was worried that every time I would touch candy, I'd blow up and gain all the weight back or any sweet uh, that was outside of my allotted macros, right? Again, I, now I developed a relationship with food that didn't plan that I didn't plan on sustaining for the rest of my life, right? And this is where developing self-control isn't about willpower and just saying no and completely cutting the thing out of your life because that we don't plan on doing that. But a lot of times we don't think ahead. We don't think like that when we're in when we're uncomfortable in our current situation, uh, when we have a, lo- a lot of behaviors that don't actually align with our goals that we continue to struggle with, right? We don't think like that. We think, how do we get out of this this uh, this quick, uh, how do we get out of this discomfort that we're feeling? Just like when I was a kid, I couldn't get out of the uh, discomfort but candy helped. Candy helped. Candy helped. And that's why I struggle with it still to this day. Even, even though I have a better grasp of it, I'm not perfect. All like Every professional out there, no matter what front they put up on the internet, everyone struggles with something. No one's truly perfect. No one has it all figured out. We're all fucking figuring it out at the same time. Okay? Um, I want to make that abundantly clear. And every time we think that someone has it has it better than we do, we don't actually know that. We don't actually know that. And this came from like one of my clients, actually, who when we first kind of started working together, she was in a social environment. She was like comparing herself and she's like, everyone seems like they're in so much control. And I want to be in control uh, because I don't want to. F- I, 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 she drank her drink too fast and she was getting very stressed because social environments kind of give, give her anxiety. Um, and we had a plan. We wanted to pace ourselves with the alcohol. And she felt like she was she was losing control because she drank her first one so fast. Right. And then she and then she asked, she said, I just wanna, I just wanna feel like I'm in control like everyone else around me. And then I asked, Do you actually know if any of those people are in control of what they're doing? And then the next conversation, she said, as soon as you asked me that question, I started looking at people. It looked like no one was in control. Everyone was pounding drinks and just standing by the food and just constantly eating, right? Like we don't know. She didn't realize that, um, or I'm sorry, because she was in so much in her head, she wasn't actually paying attention to that it didn't, those people also didn't seem like they were in control because they just kept drinking. They just kept eating. Right. And again, I wasn't there. So I don't know what the makeup of these people, how they looked and what their physicality was, but like, maybe that's, that's what they wanted to do. Maybe a lot of them are fighting with the same demons of like, they're beating themselves up for the food that they're eating right now, but they don't say anything. They don't portray anything. So it looks like they're in control, but again, nobody actually knows. Nobody actually is fully like good, fully perfect. Right. And that's not the exception. Or that's not the expectation, I should say. The expectation is that we establish a a few guidelines for ourselves, boundaries, if you will, that will actually allow us to to create an environment that will uh, that will keep us successful long after we get to the goal. That doesn't ruin or demonize a relationship with food that makes it difficult for us to, uh, or makes it easy for us to quote unquote, ruin all of our progress and sabotage and feel like we're spiraling out of control and um, have a hard time rebuilding that momentum again, right? And then ultimately, once we have that environment and we really, the, the hardest part for me was just continuing to practice, practice it over and over again, making sure that I could um, 
when I felt myself falling back to those old old tendencies, old behaviors, I would have practiced a new one with the boundaries that I had. I stopped buying it. If I did buy it, I was going to buy the small one. And if I did have it in the house, I put it in the highest pantry, put it behind something. So it was hard for me to get and not easy to walk into. I still, I, and there's some days where I don't follow that, but that's a boundary I know I can go back to if I'm truly feel like I'm struggling, right? And that's and that's what we practice. So when we fall, feel ourselves going through those processes, when we fall back on those things, it's like, okay, how do I reestablish my normal again? How do I get back to a level where I feel like I'm in more control so that I'm not demonizing and beating myself up for my choices, but I'm allowing myself to actually process what I need to process, right? So that's, uh, again, I kind of bounce all over the place with that story. Um, but self-control, before I before I kind of dissect those four pieces, I, if you're listening intently, you probably heard the four, but um, we the, the control comes from the ability to say yes when we want to and the ability to say no when we, when we want to because progress and control could be saying yes to a cupcake. Progress and control could be saying no to a cupcake. The most important thing is that it aligns with you and your goals and where you're at in the current moment, right? And it's being able to talk to yourself and elaborate, evaluate, and either give yourself the argument for or against why you should or should not have the treat, this trigger food, right? Because it's not bad that we have, like, uh, now that I understand my relationship with food and with candy, it's not a bad thing that I like candy. Yeah, if I were to eat six bags of candy, it would probably not do very well for my health in the long run. So I try to balance it out with other nutrient-dense options more often, right? But again, it's just about where it fits and being able to say, yes, I want this in my diet in the appropriate level that aligns with me and my goals at the same time. Because I like to remind people when I when they first sign on and the challenge is coming up and we're having VIP sign up, I'm super excited, but I tell them they don't want to live a life where they're super strict. And they always say no. And they don't want also, they also don't want to live a life where they're they completely say they completely disregard their health and their choices for the rest forever. Right. They're like, okay, so there's always a middle ground. Yes, there's a gray, there's a gray line somewhere in the middle that actually has the has the room for the foods that we want that we struggle with, but in they just align and they fit better uh in our routine that allows us to get the results that we want, but not ruin our relationship with the food. All right. So going back to my story, the four pieces that are going to allow you to create that control and give you the understand, give you the context and the ability to start talking to yourself and either allow it or not allow it in your diet based off of what you would like to accomplish in the long run and in the current moment starts with awareness. You have to be aware. You have to see it. You have to start seeing it in your day-to-day and identify the patterns with that awareness, right? Like I said, I didn't, I wasn't aware of the pattern. So it kept happening over and over and over again. I wasn't, I wasn't able to, to uh, identify um, all the, the key markings of like, hey, I'm about to fall back into this behavior that pisses me off every time I do it, right? I had to become aware first. I had to see the, the correlations of like, when I get stressed, when I get emotional, a lot of it leans to me doing and reaching for the candy bowl, right? Or the candy bag, right? And once I was aware and I was starting to catch myself more, I was like, oh, this is happening again. This is happening again. This is happening again. That's a huge piece of progress because our brain, it works in loops. It has to close a loop, right? It's a stimulus or a uh, stimulus reward or Jesus, I'm fucking up right now. It's a stress or a stimulus, which leads to an action or behavior that leads to a reward, right? And me 
learning about all this stuff and then going back, I started to provide myself understanding. That's the second part here. After we catch ourselves and we start understanding how our brain works, how our choices and how our operation process work, right? And we go through that three-step process, right? You see that we can't control the stress in our life, right? I couldn't control the environment that I was in as a kid, right? I could control my choice, but I didn't, my, my child brain couldn't conceptualize anything outside of just relieving the immediate tension, right? But now that as, as an adult, I can start rationalizing and, and, and changing that behavior so I can get a similar reward of feeling a little bit better, right? A lot of a lot of what we do is to feel a little bit better. But there's so many ways, and if you're watching this on YouTube right now, like, there's so many ways to change a behavior, the middle part of that three-step process, this is in the in the understanding of why we make choices, why we do things, right? There's so many ways to get that same reward of feeling a little bit better. There's so many there's so many different behaviors, different choices that we can start replacing the usual behavior with uh, behavior with, so that we get that reward of feel and we'll feel better about it, right? Because it's there's nothing worse than um, going back to like my client my client who was at that that that. Um, that social situation. There's nothing more worse than we're in a environment where we feel out of control, so we're a bit uncomfortable, right? So the stress hits of that three part, uh, three part, right? Um, and then, then we have that behavior like, okay, I'm stressed, so then I'm going to go through and drink more alcohol, so I feel a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable in the situation to relieve, to relieve this current stress and feel a little bit better right now. Right. And then after we do that, we beat ourselves up for, for the rest of the night. And maybe even a couple of days afterwards, we're just saying, I should have, I should have, I should not have made that choice. And if we like, if, and this is not what my client did, but like, say we do go over and drink a little bit more than we anticipated. And now we have, now we're hungover and now we feel that stress and that lasts for two, three days while beating ourselves up the entire time for making those choices. So then in that moment, you amplified the stress that you experienced by like 12. Because we wanted to alleviate the discomfort in that one moment where if we were to just sit in the discomfort and just let it be and start talking to ourselves and catch ourselves, how can we deal with the situation in a little bit better so it didn't lead to that amount of stress, right? Then we minimize it. Then we minimize the, the overall discomfort and then we don't make as many uh, misaligned decisions, right? And that, there's nothing more frustrating than making a misaligned decision that makes us feel worse, Right. We want all we want to do is feel a little bit better. There's a lot of ways to deal with the situation. Right. So when we're coming to self-control, if this is a trigger food for you, and you're and again, being aware of the pattern, right? And now we're aware of the pattern and and now we kind of are understanding how the process works. Now let's understand the pattern a little bit more. Right. My pattern came from my childhood. I've been practicing that since I was a goddamn kid. Right. Where does yours come from? Is it, is it also from your, is it from your childhood or did you develop it over time? Right. Is this based off of um, um, certain scenarios, certain environments that you were in? Right. It doesn't always have to be from what, like traumatic. It could just be you learned it from somewhere, but just start questioning yourself because a lot of times we're not aware that we made these decisions in these agreements with ourselves. They're just they just riot wire themselves in our brain and they just hide. They don't. They, and our brain hates change. It hates it. So it's not going to make it – It's if if we identify patterns that we don't like, it's not going to make it easy to find it because it's just going to make it automatic. You're not going to think about it. And then until you start – and then when you start questioning it, that's where your brain's like, oh, wait, change is hard. We have to allocate more resources to keep this new change. I don't want to do it. Fall back on what you know, right? Go back to those behaviors because you learned it. You've been practicing for a while, right? So anyway, so now – 
Okay, I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but now that we're understanding it, we're seeing kind of where it comes from and we're seeing how our brain makes these choices. And like I already said, we we can't change the trigger, right? We can't change the stress in our life and we can't change the reward of just wanting to feel better. So when we're trying to change the behavior, so when we change the behavior to get a similar reward, this is where we start inter uh, uh, interconnecting certain boundaries, certain guidelines, right? This is where, like this is, like I talked about a little bit earlier, I don't buy candy. Unless I really want it. And if I do, it's just going to be like the single serving size. It's not going to be the bags, right, that I could easily just continue to munch on. I'm going to buy the single serving Reese's or the single serving like caramel uh, dark chocolate bar from Ghirardelli. That's been my jam lately. I love that that candy bar so much, right? But I'm not going to buy the whole bag because I'm just going to keep eating it. That's I know if I put myself in that environment, it's going to be hard for me to feel like I'm in control. So I'm going to implement a new set of control and say, you know what? This is my boundary. If I if it's not in the house and I do genuinely want it, I'm going to go get one, right? Just giving myself space to actually think and contemplate and say, do I actually want the thing? Do I actually want the candy, right? And this is where we start getting into talking to yourself and asking yourself that question and give yourself the context. Is this actually what you want or is this based off of the stimulus that you're used to, right? Other boundaries, right? If it's going to be in your house, make sure it's hard to reach, right? Like another one, like I mentioned earlier, make sure it's hard to reach. It's not convenient for you to grab the first thing. Make sure it's the most inconvenient thing to get out of your pantry or out of your fridge, right? Or out of your freezer, whatever it looks like so that you show up as you, so that you make the, chis- the, the choice or so that you give your the time to either make the choice and be okay with it or say no to the choice and find something different, right? So now we're putting the boundaries in and making it difficult to make these choices so that now we can start replacing the behaviors. Like, okay, maybe I'm not actually hungry, but maybe I want to just go for a walk. Maybe I want to drink a big glass of water. Speaking of, where's my water? Damn it. I left it outside of my office right now. Um, Maybe ne- maybe I, I want to um, go read. Maybe I want to go knit. Maybe I'm going to play with my, an- my my animals, my pets, or my children. Right, whatever it is. Now we get to find that new pattern, and now we get to implement control because all we want to do is feel a little bit better. If the food, if we think ahead, the food is probably not going to make us feel better. It's probably going to make us feel worse, right? Like I said, if we make a decision at a party where we where we overconsume alcohol, we overconsume food, and we knew better, we didn't want to do that, but we did it because we were uncomfortable. Now we're hungover, we're bloated, we feel like shit for three days later because we are uncomfortable in the in that current moment. Right now, we took that discomfort and, and elongated it for for uh, for three days instead of it just being that afternoon or that evening, right? So, how do we want to feel? Think ahead. Think a little bit ahead. If I do this, how will I feel? Am I going to be happy about my choice or am I going to be upset about my choice? Right? And that's okay. And I want to make this abundantly clear. Either way, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I want you to be, I want you to understand that. Because if you do understand that, it's going to make it easier for you to either say yes or say no. Right. And this is where having control actually comes into play, where it actually gets to factor in. Is this going to get me to where I want to go physically? Or is it another thing that's going to pull me back from where I want to go? Right. And you get to start weighing that. And that's what self control actually is. It's not just saying no all the time, it's saying yes when it's valid, it's saying no when it's valid and being okay with either choice. Because if you go and say yes, 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 yes all the time, but your goal is to lose 40 pounds and you haven't lost weight in the last three weeks, guess what? We have a contradiction. So that actually doesn't align with you. 
That's good. We get to catch it. We get to identify it. We get to understand it and say, okay, maybe I'm going a little bit too overboard, too lackadaisical. But like I said, we don't want to live a life where we're completely lax and not making the, the most healthy choice all the time. And we don't want to make a choice where we're not or we're super strict and not uh, enjoying certain aspects of our life. There's a middle ground. There's a middle ground. And once we have that understanding of that middle ground, I like to give people a general, I think I talked about this in the last episode, but like 80% of the time. You don't have to be perfect all the time. You don't have to say no all the time. You can say yes about 20% of the time. And that's okay. Because what you do most of the time is going to help is what your body's going to do when it comes to weight loss, body composition improvements, whatever it is, what you do most of the time dictates what your body does. So the occasional and occasional sweet treat, uh, eating out with friends and family, right? The occasional time we do that allows us to have the wiggle room that we want in our life. And think about it like this, 25 days out of every month, 25 days out of every month is 80%. That's five to six days every month where you get to enjoy a meal, a night out, drinks at a level that aligns with you, right? Because you you can still overconsume calories on those five to six days. But if you if we see that like we're not building a box for ourselves, we're not, we're not building a, well, I can never have this. And it's not like a cheat day. It's like, no. Like cheat days, what what do we associate cheating with? Doing shit wrong. Like if we cheat on a test, we cheat on our spouse, right? We don't want to cheat on our diet. It's just a part of your diet, right? That doesn't ruin our relationship with it. That doesn't make it uh, uh, feel like we're going against what we're doing because we are establishing control. Control is not just saying yes or it's not just saying no and having willpower to say no, 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 no. Sometimes it means saying yes and then falling back on the foundation that your 80%, that is your walking, that is your training, that is your, your nutrient-dense options, that is your hydration, that's sleeping better, right? That's your foundation. That's your fallback on. So if you do have a quote-unquote bad day, right, all you got to do is go right back to what you were doing. If you go on vacation, right, and you have a better foundation with your steps, your activity, your sleep, your food, you don't have to make up for it. You just got to go back to what you were doing before, and that's control. Being able to have a good time on vacation, come back, go back to what you were doing and feel and feel good about what you're doing and know that you're giving yourself the context. You've changed the behaviors that you wanted to. You understand where they come from. You can identify the patterns. Um, and then you you give yourself the boundaries, the the thoughts the, or the space to actually think and contemplate. Do I want this? And then you practice it. We're never truly perfect. You just keep practicing over and over and over again. The more you practice, the better you'll get. I wanted to make that abundantly clear. You're never going to be perfect. There's going to be times where it's going to be hard to say no, and that's okay because you don't always have to say no, right? And life is going to find a way to say, hey, you know what? Say fuck all of it. Go back to what you did know because if you struggle with it for decades, right, that's that engraving still in your brain, right? That, that wired, that relationship is still up there. It's not just going to go away because we practice for a few months. Like you have to keep practicing it and life will challenge you. And that's okay. We just get better at ca- catching and identifying the pattern, talking yourself off the ledge and getting ourselves back to a place where we feel like we're back in control. It doesn't mean you have to control every little thing to a T. It means we have big pieces that we that help us feel better. We give ourselves the context and the understanding and the awareness of how to change it. We set ourselves up for success by getting boundaries to think about our choices a little bit more. It just takes about five seconds to just contemplate. Do I actually want this? And if you do that, you're not wrong. Yes or no, why or why not? Get comfortable with making that choice and then comparing it to 
with the results that you're seeing. Is saying yes all the time actually in alignment with my health goals? Maybe not. Then maybe I don't say yes all the time. I try to say yes maybe once or twice a week first until I feel comfortable, until I can see where that actually fits for me. And that's where you start to establish control. And that's where you get to a point where you no longer feel like you're getting in your own way and uh, and where you don't feel like um, it's just willpower. You lack willpower to see the results. It's not willpower. It's understanding. It's awareness. It's giving yourself boundaries. And it's fucking practicing. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. And you just have to keep practicing it no matter what. Even if you feel like you're good, you probably still got to keep practicing it. This is my, I'm going to leave you with this. this. is my favorite, one of my favorite sayings. I don't know. It's not mine. I don't know who, who said it. Um, and I wish I do. I would give them so much credit. But the difference between an amateur and a professional is very simple. Amateurs practice until they get it right. Professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. They can't get it wrong. The basics are what separates amateurs from professionals. Me being a sporter background, that makes perfect sense to me. But most people, even if you're not a sport person, you don't understand the reference, right? And it's not because they're flashier. It's because they're so good at the basics that they have allowed themselves the room to be flashy, to the room to be to execute at a higher level. So understand that once you get this, you're not a master yet. But being a master just means you keep practicing it over, over, and over, and over again consistently consistency is key my friends so i hope you learned something today i hope you found this valuable and if you did i don't know if i said this in the beginning but i really appreciate if you just share it with one person um if you enjoyed this you want more resources you want to see more of my stuff go check out all my social medias in the show notes um and yeah thanks for being here i appreciate the hell out of you and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day take it easy